Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here on the Cycling Dane Extra channel, or if you're listening on the Cycling Dane podcast. As always, I'm joined by Miss Kroger himself, Ewan Wilson, and today was stage eight of the Tour de France. And Ewan, what happened on this somewhat flat stage? Well, this swelteringly hot flat stage through the Limousin, this stage took the riders on the second longest stage of the Tour de France, the longest stage in the Fifth French Republic uh, at 200 kilometers in length. There was an early breakaway going up the road. It was honestly de la place as well as tim de Clerc and anthony tourgis nothing really to be afraid of typical sprint stage breakaway at the tour de france sadly halfway through the stage we got some sort of i mean some terrible news at the rear end of the peloton there was a crash to the bunch and the only rider on the ground looked to be mark cavendish who was rolling around could not get it back up on his feet for a while and the rider from astana kazakhstan drew a close an end to his Tour de France career here on the roads towards Limoges with what we believe could be a broken collarbone. I think we await the official announcement, but that's what it definitely looked like. From this point, there was a bit of an emotional hangover really lingering over the peloton. Casper Asgrain tacked briefly for a reason we don't know why. Uh, he was off the front for about 10 kilometers. However, in the breakaway, Ancetorgis over the penultimate climb of the day soloed away to become the most combative rider of the stage, whilst Jumbo Visma really put on the pressure over the final climbs of the day, just to get rid of the likes of Jasper Phillips, Dylan Runebaker, and the other sprinters. Once it came down to the final climb at sur Vienne, Nathan van Hoydonk really put on the pressure. We thought we were about to witness another one of those Paris-Nice sort of team time trial efforts or like that stage to Calais with the Vinger going second wheel up that climb. It was almost terrifying for a while, but Jumbo Visma couldn't drop anybody. And I think the other teams are very astute to it, even Pogacar following in the wheels for a while himself. On the descent off the... Condas-Survien climb, there are a couple of attacks, Victor Campenarts notably, but behind some of the top 15 riders in GC were caught up in an incident. Sadly, Total Steph Kras crashed hard enough to abandon the race before the end. Mika Landon and Simon Yates also lost 47 seconds at the end of this stage following that crash. In the build-up to the sprint, it was Lidl Trek who really controlled the Alpacin. The Koenig got in the frame as well, but Kirsch... Payerson, also Skelmoser did a brilliant job today at controlling things and getting Mads Payerson in the right place once the lead-out trains really fanned up towards the front in the final couple hundred meters. Christophe Laporte did a good job through the center. He was overwhelmed by Mathieu van der Poel and Phillips are coming up on his left and on his right. Mads Payerson towards the barriers who sprinted all the way to the line just wrestling out Jasper Philipsen for the stage win to deny Philipsen a fourth sprint stage win in a row. Philipsen came home in second with third place going to Wout van Aert of Jumbo Visma and fourth place going to Dylan Runebeke of Jaco Al Ula. In the GC fights, well, uh, there are a couple of move movers and shakers given the crashes in the finale. Carlos Rodriguez and Adam Yates move up into fourth and fifth place. Simon Yates moves down into sixth. A hectic day on the road to France and what we thought would be a little bit more sort of open of a finale. It was one for the sprinters and Mads Payerson after what's been a dis disappointing opening week for Lidl Trek, finally gets a win. Yeah, Mess Pilsen, we have to, we might as well start there. Absolutely incredible win for him, kind of just continuing the trend he's had in the last few Grand Tours of, yeah, just the ball's really rolling for him right now. And uh, what do you think Lidl Trek and Mess Pilsen potentially are going to do here? They've kind of thrown away the aspirations of the pocket at Jersey, we believe, with Ciccone. 
Matthias Kjellmosen Jensen, he was also working for Mass Pedersen as well. So they really invested a lot into this. And it looks like they're all just going to be backing the Mass Pedersen horse once again, like they did in the Giro. At times, I thought maybe they'd get booyahed by the other teams because they were investing a lot. And Pearson wasn't looking great up until this point in the race. Yes, this sprint finish looked like perfect for him. But his results earlier on in this race have not been very uh, sort of high class. But today, they really invested maybe... Payson was feeling good, told the team, guys, work for it. And that lead out in the end from Skelmos and Kish was, was fabulous, to be honest. And even in the final 300 meters, he didn't have a lead out man there, but they did enough to put him in the position to hold the wheel of Van Aert and also in a fight for, for Philipson's wheel as well. So they did everything they could. And to be honest, Little Trek can be very happy with this after what has been an incredibly disappointing couple of days after Chicana jumped out of GC. Skelmoza lost a lot of time. The polka dot fight as well seems futile now as well. So for Little Trek, big win for them. Their first victory at a Grand Tour with their new name. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, from the overhead shot, you could kind of see that Mas Pilsen had his elbow out ready for a match of underpool potential deviation or whatever you will. So he was really prepared for holding his position where he was. But do you think Jasper Philipsen lost it just because Mas Pilsen had the better momentum and maybe what match of underpool should have released him earlier, like maybe a second earlier? I think just Payerson had it in the end on this slight sort of gradient towards the end. It probably favoured Payerson over Philipson, but he is also a good healy sprinter as uh, Jesper Philipson, but not quite the same level. And just that raw power towards the end, I think uh, Payerson had it over Philipson. Maybe there was wind as well to factor in from one side of the road. I don't quite know. But uh, yeah, I mean, Philipson can't be too beaten up. Alpsen gave it a good go. He just was maybe a, a meter short today. It was relatively close as well on that lunge to the line. I mean, we talked about Binyam Gamay before the stage as well. And uh, we've talked about kind of the, well, it seems cruel to say inexperience of his lead out train, but it kind of like, he was many times in the wrong position leading into it. It was a very chaotic sprint, let's be honest as well. The battle for position is so hard at the Tour de France, but he just seemed now and again to be in the wind, like, he, like, no one was, well, in front of him. And we know the 30% energy, well, in a sprint, even more so, how much energy you save by having teammates in front of you. Yeah, and then, unfortunately, in the finale, we saw him set up. He just didn't have enough energy. And do you think, again, the lead-out just wasn't strong enough to keep him out of harm's way? I don't know. It might have been a technical problem as well towards the end because he was, he was right on... I don't know, but he was right on the Imagine how of, much energy to get up in the budge. It's it's crazy. Like I mean, he was great up the climb as well. We thought how it's going to be like Yezzy 2.0 uh, where he won that Giro stage and really surfing the wheels. Turnister was up there towards the end as well, but yeah, he was right on the wheel of the burst to finish in top 10, the Lotus Destiny ride, and then just fades away. I really don't understand what happened there. It is bitterly disappointing. Antimarche, they had this sort of, this date underlined in their diaries. They said, this is a great day for us to get a stage win. Binim Gramai said the finale suits him perfectly. Not perfectly, it suits him better than the stage to Bordeaux, where he finished in third place and looked really good. So it's it's a bit of a surprise that it really just all came crumbling down towards the end it's a real shame i don't quite know where the next chance will come maybe in Issoir on stage 10 also deeper into this race stage 19 has a bit of an uphill finale which could be a sprint similarly so yeah it's it's back to the drawing board for antimarche yeah hopefully they'll um they'll 
be able to recoup their losses on this one. But um, but anyways, Ewan, I mean, uh, Jumbo Visma, that was one of the teams as well that did a lot of work uh, today, not just some of the other teams we spoke about, but they really invested in this, even having Jonas Vingo on the front on certain occasions. And uh, yeah, it all kind of came for nothing. And uh, yeah, again, an angry wild at the finish. They tried to rip up the peloton at one point at about 100 and so kilometers to go. And at that point, everyone knew, okay, they want Wout to win the stage. And we said, well, he might go for it, but Puy de Dom tomorrow would be difficult as well for the GC fight, but he went for it. And they put everyone into it. So Van Bala was doing a lot. Benoit was doing a lot. Van Hoydonk was doing a lot. Van Hoydonk in particular was doing a lot. Vingegaard was second wheel for a lot of that final climb. That's not a position he's used to being in at this part of the stage. And the team threw everything into this and in that final lead out to the line it just sort of goes wrong Laporte is, is leading everything out with about 400 meters to go then he he's done he starts to slow down and wow has nowhere to go because van der Poel's coming up on the left and Payson is launching his sprint on the right and while Bernard just gets completely boxed out or boxed in by these other two riders not with anywhere to go at the end you could see that he had the speed probably maybe to win the stage but it's difficult to tell because he couldn't he couldn't launch at the same time as Philip Sir and as Payson, but he had, he had to make up a lot of ground. Maybe it could have been Wout's day. He'll be frustrated because we're waiting and trying to find other opportunities for Wout Van Aert in this race. I'm struggling. Maybe that time trial on stage 16, but his participation in this race is also up in the air, given that he is awaiting the birth of his second child, which might come before the end of this year's Tour de France. So it's bitterly disappointing for Jumbo Visma. Will this damage their chances tomorrow on the way to Puy de Dom? Will they control the race? This might be good for a breakaway, might be good for UAE on that final climb. But we, but for them, we didn't see Kelderman, we didn't see Kuss. They're still in the locker waiting for tomorrow. And I mean, Ewan, we, should, we might as well finish on DSM. It was quite interesting to have Roman Bardet quite up, uh, high up in the sprint, but also Niels Ekhoff. Yeah, Ekhoff in top, was it fifth place Ekhoff came? It's a brilliant result for him. Uh, he's a rider who, I mean, has promised a lot. He... Won the under-23 World Championships before getting disqualified back in 2019 um, for for motor drafting. But this kind of profile really suits him. A tough, tough sprint in the end. And it's good to see him getting success because he's, he's been good at placing Wellsford in the right position towards the sprint finish. And Wellsford keeps missing the mark. So for Aikoff to get this result for himself probably proves to the squad, maybe we should work more for my interests. Uh, later into this race. Also, Balde being up there. I've been saying it a lot. Puy de Dom is, is highlighted by every highlighter in Roman Balde's pencil case. He wants to win that stage to Puy de Dom. He's from that part of the world, and he really wants it. It's a show of the form that might be there. If he digs deep all the way up to Puy de Dom tomorrow, it could be a huge homecoming ceremony for the DSM Firminich team. But anyways, that's basically it for today of the Recap Race Analysis here on the Cycling Dane Extra channel or if you're listening in the Cycling Dane podcast. Uh, if not, check out the link down below. But make sure to comment down below and hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you're new here. And why not check out our preview of tomorrow's stage as well here on the channel. But as always, thank you for watching and we will see you tomorrow.